Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everybody. I'm Cassidy, one of your Indianapolis Colts cheerleaders, and you're watching the Believe in Colts podcast. Welcome back to Believe in Colts. I'm Lawrence Owen. With me today is a very special guest, former NFL team doctor, head team doctor, uh, if I if I am remembering correctly, 17 years with the Chargers, Dr. David Chow. Welcome to the show. Appreciate you coming. Thanks for having me. And that's a first. I've uh, done a lot of different media things. Never been introduced by a cheerleader before. So, although she was introducing the show, not me. So, <laughs> well, um, there's a lot of different introductions to different shows. And I went with a cheerleader. I thought, you know what? Might as well use someone who already is there, you know, using the spirit for the team. Uh, met up with the cheerleaders down in training camp, asked if one of them would like to do the introduction. They said, absolutely. So, I was very, very happy that she decided to come on and 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 do that uh, intro for us. Very interesting. And, I agree. And let me tell you, uh, you're, you're in Indianapolis. The Indy's been my second home in a lot of ways. Uh, uh, you know, between the uh, combines and recheck combines, and and for a while there, the Chargers and Colts had a little mini rivalry. I remember one time I was in Indianapolis five times in a year: preseason game, regular season game. Or something else, and then the, the two combine visits, and and you mentioned a little bit uh, before we got on about uh, my profile header picture is actually, if you look at it again, it's with Philip Rivers. But look at it again. You tell me where that's at if you if you can click on it there. I I, I, I probably hold on. Now that you mention it, I might <laughs> take a look at that at Pro have to look it up real fast, but I, I've got an idea. Yeah, that does say Indianapolis on the banner back there, doesn't oh, it? Oh, we got the banner. Look at the ceiling. Yeah. Well, oh, that's the RCA Dome. That was Here's the dome. last game in the RCA Dome. Oh, wow. Colts fans, don't kill me. That was Phillip Rivers walking off with his knee injury. Billy Wallach came in, won that game. It was the quietest I've ever heard in NFL Stadium. Let me tell you. The vibe in that stadium was there's no question Peyton Manning's going to come back and win this game. The fans were never in doubt. They weren't even worried. There wasn't even tension. Everyone was so confident in Peyton. And when we won that game, I'm telling you, I've never been in an NFL stadium. It was pin drop quiet that from 132 to the other on our sideline, you could hear everyone's voice. It oh, was my. eerie. But that was actually the last game of the RCA Dome. Oh, wow. Well, that's a that's a memory. Which makes me old. Absolutely. Bet <laughs> uh, <laughs> Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting on your favorite casino and card games. Available right to play from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Yeah, so you talk about, um, with with combines and stuff being an indie, um, just before we get into to talking about Shaquille Leonard and, and Jonathan Taylor and, and those boys, uh, what's it like? during the combine with, with doctors, I'm assuming, because there's a lot of people doing a lot of different stuff. 
And there's probably quite a bit of worry about, you know, these young kids who are out here trying to impress somebody to overexert themselves and stuff, right? Yeah, we're we're on the physical side, not on the talent evaluation side. So you get the the physical before you go out mm-hmm. and do the uh, quote underwear Olympics. But uh, the term that we used to call it among the doctors, I I would joke that it was Groundhog Day. Like every day you wake up and it was the same day, and every year you come in it was the same thing. You were in a room with the same number of teams. And it was a little bit of a meat market. I mean, 330 guys in, in what used to be three days. Now they did it, moved it to four days. So you'd see 70, 80 guys a day. So basically you just go and next, next, next. And and is it a name, nameless? In some ways, yeah. I mean, it's RB23. Then you give them a name in the school and then you go into the in- injuries. But you're concentrating on the injuries and the medical history and literally – we would be done, and it'd be like the, the GM would ask, how so-and-so? I'm like, wait a minute, I don't know. Let me go look it up on the notes on the sheet and on the computer. I wouldn't, wouldn't be able to tell you who from who because, as you can imagine, if at, uh, examining 70, 80 people a day, it's just a blur. And the next day, you get up and do it again. So that's how we call it Groundhog Day. We're in, inside in a room and, and, and just continually working and doing the evaluations. Absolutely. And with with that, you know, building off of that right there, you talking about, you know, you, you couldn't really pinpoint a single person. Was there ever a guy that really sticks out in your mind that just like for some reason really stuck out to everybody else when he walked in for his examination? Or is it just only always like that where it was just well, look, I mean, when I when I say that Groundhog Day, you don't remember. Clearly, you remember certain people that walk in. I mean, since we're talking Colts, I remember distinctly when Peyton Manning uh, came in through the combines and he looked at him, uh, et cetera. I remember, uh, you know, Michael Vick when he came through the combines. I remember a lot of people that came through the the quote headliners, uh, mm-hmm. et cetera. Uh, but it was a big blur of a lot of different names and a lot of different people. Okay. All right. I, I can, I can only imagine, uh, as, as hard as, um, like a lot of these GMs and scouts and stuff work, uh, you know, throughout the season, you know, they're, they're constantly looking at these, the, the talent on tapes and stuff. Doctors have got a lot of stuff on their plate as well. Right. Uh, could you explain to me uh, exactly? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like through through an NFL year with a team doctor, um, what are some of the more high and low points that a team doctor goes through throughout a, an NFL season? You think? Well, I mean, I don't think you can do the job without being somewhat interested in the game or being a fan. Uh, I will say now that. I, first of all, there's no team in San Diego, and I no longer do this, and I'm doing the analysis. Well, I'm still practicing. I'm looking over my shoulder as my first surgery patient gets ready to go here. Uh, but uh, there's nothing like it, and in, in you've played sports. To me, the two very special moments, it's going to be very a little bit corny. Uh, the national anthem, of course, when you're on the sideline, that always the the nerves and the butterfly feeling and because you really do feel part of the team. And the other one that I thought was special was actually uh, the Lord's Prayer in the locker room. And, um, 
you know, I, I don't know why I started doing this, and I, I don't mean to be sacrilegious at all, but instead of head down, I actually would always personally be saying the Lord's Prayer along, but I would look around the room at the people, and uh, the people not only to, to, quote, try and impugn some protection of injury, but just football was about the people. So I thought that was special, listening to the Lord's Prayer or, or saying it with everybody and looking around the room. And there was one other player, I won't say who, I don't want to throw him under the bus in case he doesn't want to be known that way, but we used to meet eyes in the sense that we were the only two that would look around the room. Everyone else had their heads down. But, <laughs> but a national anthem, you know, is great. I mean, obviously winning a game is a special feeling or whatever, this, that, the other, because you do feel like you're part of the team kind of thing. But, you know, one of our proudest moments, um, there was a, uh, look, you don't hear about doctors on the front end. You only hear about doctors when, oh, something isn't right. There's all these injuries. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of our proudest moments, I think, I think it was 1999, and the Chargers were not very good at the time. And USA Today had a poll, and it was not a very scientific poll. It was like, what do you think of your medical staff and this, that, the other? And it included athletic trainers. So, they, you know, they were a very important part of everything that we did. It was a very simple question. Do you think they do a good job or not? Essentially something like that. And there were eight teams that seemed to be in a little higher tier. And the other seven teams were all playoff teams. And we were like one in 15. <laughs> so <laughs> I always looked at that as that was a pretty good year. If you could be one in 15 and be looked upon favorably from a medical perspective. But one of the things I do now all the time is, it, you know, on media said, like, and this is true, Lawrence, like fans always think their team's the most injured. And what about that medical staff and this, that, the other. But I literally have said on more than one occasion to my GM when, when we're sitting there and he'd be like, oh, gosh, you know, injuries, this, that, the other, and, and bemoaning all this stuff and, and kind of give me a hard time. You know, everyone, you call everybody coach. So I'd say coach, and this would be the GM in our meeting, coach. I'm Paul Revere. I'm not the British. Okay. I'm not, I'm not hurting anyone. I'm not doing the invading. I'm just telling you the invasion is coming. Okay. And how it's coming. And uh, to me, you should judge medical staffs unless the medical staff has control of exactly. We have input, but not control of who to select and who to sign. And we have input, but not control on prehab protocols but we do have control of rehab protocols. So if you're getting a guy back slowly, assuming you know the severity of the injury, I think you can blame the medical staff. But sometimes you just don't know the severity of the injury, and so you blame the medical staff. It's really the severity of the injury. But the other stuff, I think it's very hard. To, I, mean, I mean, there are stats out there about average games lost and the, oh, this staff must not be very good. They're not the ones hurting them. You know, if you're saying they're slow to get back, that's fine. But how do you compare apples to apples in terms of different injuries in terms of timelines? Yeah. Do do uh does the medical staff they have a direct influence on uh the dietary supplements that are given, like like the meals and stuff like that as well? Uh well, most teams are now going to a director of sports performance, and that usually is an athletic trainer, and that person is in charge. They do consult with medical. They probably would not have consulted with me because I was a head team physician, but orthopedist. They may indeed have consulted with the primary care doctor, or they would have 
been through me. And I would say, no, no, talk to this guy who knows more about diet than, than I do, bonehead, orthopedist, uh, et cetera. But I sort of was the ombudsman for the medical side with the head athletic trainer. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and move on. We're going to go ahead and talk a little bit. I know that a lot of you that are watching this right now are more interested in, well, I mean, the upcoming season for the Indianapolis Colts relies heavily on the return of multiple different players from the Indianapolis Colts coming back from injury. As Dr. Chow just explained earlier, every team goes through it. This year, the Colts have multiple players that are uh, returning. Two are very important, one on each side of the ball. Uh, We're going to start on the offense with Jonathan Taylor, who went out in the last few weeks of the season. He dealt with a, a high ankle sprain all year long. Uh, they finally put him on IR. We're waiting on his return. Uh, could you explain a little bit about the high ankle sprain, the recovery process, and um, how that could affect that injury and, and the recovery process and all that, how that could actually affect his return to the field, his performance on the field, if, if there is any kind of effect? Lawrence, uh, you know better than I do. It's hard to follow all 32 teams. Exactly. What has he done this off season? Has he been around or or done much? He's, of he's walked around a little bit. Uh, he, ha- uh, I haven't seen him do any kind of working out yet. Um, during the OTAs and mini camp, I've seen him out there with a hoodie. Uh, both these players, same way, right? Well, well, first of all, high ankle sprain, uh, different degrees, and one of the things. So, what we do at Sports Injury Central. So on Twitter, Pro Football Doc, but we're the only site for true injury analysis as opposed to injury reporting. So we don't look at what a team says or a player says or a media outlet says. We look at actual game footage and we interpret what's happening. You talk high ankle sprain. Look, in the playoffs against Jacksonville, we said Patrick Mahomes has a high ankle sprain. And... But don't worry, he'll return and finish the game, and he did. Mm-hmm. And then after the game, it was released, he had a high ankle sprain, and everyone freaked out and said, oh, that's four to six weeks, he's going to miss the rest of the playoffs. And we said, based on the type of game that he plays, the right back ankle, this is how he'll modify, change our angles, and he'll still be effective, but he's not going to five- or seven-step drop and push the ball down the field, more underneath stuff, and that's what he did. So that's what we do, injury analysis, not injury reporting. Now, certainly, we actually were the first to say high ankle sprain on Patrick Mahomes, but it's different different people. It is much harder for a running back like Jonathan Taylor to play through the high ankle sprain than Patrick Mahomes as quarterback. Um, he did By have- video, we didn't think it was that uh, a grade three. We didn't think it was terrible in, during the season. We would be surprised if this turned into a Michael Thomas New Orleans Saints situation where the high ankle sprain got a lot worse and perhaps off-season surgery and we just don't know about it and that cost Michael Thomas the season, we will be, we would be surprised. We're relatively optimistic. We do something called a six-score, Sports Injury Central score, and for fantasy drafters, we have Jonathan Taylor rated high uh, in the n- low 90s in terms of his health um, coming into the season. So even though he has not participated a lot, we're not seeing it as a big issue right now. Although 
we we can only analyze what we see. I'd love to see footage of him running around, and then we could say, is he all there or not there in terms of what's going on? But it's very individual and different for everyone, but we're relatively optimistic on Jonathan Taylor. We don't make a lot of the late-season shutdown. High ankle sprains can linger, and, you know, with the record and what's happening, look, uh, you got a lot of things that happen to, to, to get on the football field. You have to be medically cleared. You have to feel like you're ready to go, and the team wants to need you to go. So it's possible that he was cleared to go. He wanted to play, but the team said, why risk it? Shut him down. It's our record. And uh, I do like your new coach, Zane Steichen. I know him a little bit. I saw him this spring in, in Phoenix a little bit through the owners' meetings. He, he's he's a smart guy. I think you got a good coach there. Okay. Um, let's say I know that Jonathan Taylor had – surgery on his ankle in january by dr robert anderson so um does that is that usually take a while uh surgery like that to to come back from does, is is a return table something that he might be able to come back by say week one or something i i would hope and expect so uh look there you know uh the the surgery the details of the surgery were never released the hope and expectation it was more of a scope the fact that he didn't have it immediately perhaps to us indicates that it wasn't structural more of a cleanup and so some still some relative optimism on jonathan taylor there awesome awesome um before i move on to, to uh shaquille leonard whose surgery to me seems a little bit more serious and a lot of people are a little, really curious about this I wanted to bring up the fact that when players are injured on a team and they're asked about these injuries by media and stuff, coaches tend to shy away from getting any kind of specifics. And a lot of fans get upset about this. Could you explain why maybe uh, coaches don't get into details about a player's injury um, uh, to, to media and fans and stuff. I tried to explain, I think it has a lot to do with not trying to give away, you know, too much to other teams and stuff. I mean, if you, Hey, this guy's got a foot injury. He's had, uh, the, the surgery on, you know, this, 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 the players on the other team know this, they might be able to take advantage of that. But I, I mean, I don't know a hundred percent. Would, would you know? Yeah, well, every team's a little bit different. Of course, you have New England that says nothing and mm -hmm. has an edict that says, don't talk about your injuries. I mean, their edict is don't talk about your injuries and don't talk about another player. You can only talk about yourself. And Belichick, uh, uh, all he says is, here's the injury report, listing, you know, hide the bacon with 17 people questionable, which is legal, Right. Because if there's a 99% chance they're playing or a 1% chance they're playing, that's questionable, right? Yeah. So it's it's legal. So in general, people don't want to talk about their injuries. But even if they do, it's really fairly usually optimistic. Um, I've been lucky enough to go to some Super Bowls with media credentials. And I remember one time sitting down with uh, Mitchell Schwartz when, when the Chiefs were in a Super Bowl, right mm -hmm. tackle. And uh, I know his brother, who does a lot of media, Jeff Schwartz. So I sat down because nobody was there on the team session at his table. So I wasn't taking away any other 
true media's time, right? And I sat down and introduced myself and I said, I'm Dave, Dr. David Chow, pro football doc. This is what I do. So, so that they're not surprised. He goes, I know who you are. I'm like, uh-oh, that sounds ominous. Like, because <laughs> I did a lot of talking about him this year. I said, uh, uh, well, should I get up and leave? I mean, you probably, he goes, no. He goes, I actually like what you do. I was like, okay. He goes, he goes, look, I'm not allowed to, and I can't tell people the extent of my injuries, but you can. In other words, the team for a while was saying, he's close, he's around the corner, he's around the corner. And when you say that for three, four weeks, fans start saying, why isn't he playing? The mm -hmm. reality was he wasn't playing for the next four to six weeks. And I was able to say that. Now, he couldn't like my tweet saying that, right? But he felt like it gave the truth of the other side. This is what I mean by injury analysis, not injury reporting. Mm -hmm. And so he actually, and I've talked to some of the players, they actually like it in some ways uh, because it gives their side of it because everyone's so quiet about injuries. Yes, they, they definitely are. And one thing that uh, the Indianapolis Colts have been quiet about is the back surgery that Shaquille Leonard had. Um, it, it, weird situation where uh, I guess they thought it was his foot or ankle or something. Like last year, they went and had surgery on that. He was out for most of the season, came back, played a few series, left, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, we, we got to do some surgery on some discs in his back or something like that. He's going to be out the rest of the season. And now he's out there walking around. Uh, now he's, again – Seems to be in bright mood, uh, walking around, running around, doing stuff. But there's a lot of question by Colts fans whether he's going to be able to play this year. How good is he going to be? You know, is is this is this something that's going to limit his mobility, which is what he was most known for? You know, uh, being out there at the linebacker position on the field. So I'm just curious um, if you have any answers to to some of those questions. Look, to, to tell your listeners and, and, and fans, I have not examined Shaquille Leonard. So do I have firm answers? No. And if I had examined Shaquille Leonard, I wouldn't be able to tell you based on HIPAA and privacy laws. But what we deal in is insider knowledge, not insider information. Mm -hmm. So our insider knowledge based on injuries. If you look at Sports Injury Central, SICscore.com is the website, sixscore.com. Last year... We panned Shaq Leonard coming into the season because of his herniated disc surgery. Mm -hmm. We panned J.J. Watt in Houston years ago coming back from that surgery because core muscles, very important, stability. Different player, J.J. Watt taking on linemen, Shaq Leonard sideline to sideline. But we panned that, look, for you and I to do our currently daily jobs, maybe four to six weeks, six to eight weeks, we can do most of it, but we're not doing the same things these guys are. So mm -hmm. what happened to J.J. Watt? He had a second back surgery very quickly. What happened to Shaq Leonard? A second low back surgery. I'm not being critical at all of Shaq Leonard or J.J. Watt, if anything complimentary that they tried to come back quickly. I am not at all being critical of the medical staff saying they did something wrong or the surgery went wrong or it brought them back too quickly. Look, when you are a team physician in the NFL and the medical staff, it's like driving, once again, an indie reference, 
an IndyCar, okay? All of us can go 225 miles an hour down the straightaway. All of us can negotiate a curve at Indy, but how fast? The key to NFL sports medicine is to know when the straightaway is ending and know when the turn is ending to accelerate out of the turn. That's how you win races. Now, if you don't do that driving in any car, you're not competitive. If you don't do that in NFL sports medicine and not push the envelope in with players, you're not going to have a competitive team. So do sometimes things not go smoothly? Yes, but you have to be pushing. And that's what they were doing with Shaq Leonard. And it didn't work out in a second back surgery. But a second back surgery is a bigger deal. We're more guarded on Shaq Leonard and his ability than Jonathan Taylor for this season. Okay. All right. Completely understandable. Um, well, one real quick question. I, I know that uh, you're not you're not with that anymore, but obviously the NFL moved a 17 game season. Okay, and we're like, what in the world? Do you do you think doctors were a? Well, I mean, you you would have a personal preference, uh, opposed or uh, against or pro for the 17 game season. Do you think let that me, was let me a bad? I guarantee you they didn't have a vote. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but okay. now I, I'll close with this thought, if you don't mind, because I see they're they're ready okay. for me. There. Awesome. I, I'm sorry, but here's what I've been saying forever. Okay, I've been saying forever. You should instead of adding. 17 games you should make the regular season shorten the preseason make the regular season 18 weeks and have two bye weeks i get it two bye weeks were tried many years ago but it was a different era where you rooted more for the colts now you root for the colts but also your fantasy team see nowadays do you really know who's playing on monday night no you just turn on the game Right, because yeah. it'll be somebody. It'll be you'll have someone will have Jonathan Taylor, and and you'll have Jordan Love or something, right? And mm-hmm. so you just turn on the game. Twenty some years ago, you, I mean, people used to ask me when I was doing the Chargers, what time they play this week? Is a road game at ten a.m. West Coast time, or is it one p.m.? Nowadays, on the in San Diego, you just turn on the TV at ten a.m. and see what's out there, right? So because there's eight, we watch from a quote war room, and. We can't watch all the games. We, we put 10 TV screens up, right, sometimes for that early time slot. What would 18 games do? People like the bye week. It helps player health. And guess what? An extra 18th week would give you a full slate of Sunday games, a Sunday night game, a Monday night game, Thursday night game. TV is what drives the revenue and not increase injury risk. But I think what the NFL is going to do, and that's where it makes sense, right, and, and uh, to – to get more football product, but less, yeah, it, it would even add a, a challenge to fantasy football, an extra bye week, right? But yeah. in any case, what I think is going to happen, they added 17. What's going to happen is when they add 18, they're going to go to 20 weeks and two buys. And then give the two buys. Okay. Right? I mean, yep. so I think that's what the NFL will do. But yeah. anyway, on that note, thank you so much for the time. I hate to run, but I see them ready for Oh, me. thank you so <laughs> much for taking time before your surgery. It was very, very pleasant having you on. And um, have a good day. All right. Thank you. Thank you.
And that was Dr. David Chow coming in uh, right before surgery. Thank you so much to coming in and, and talking um, just about the doctor side of things for uh, team physicians. And then, of course, um, much other stuff. Giving us a little bit of insight. He's very optimistic on Jonathan Taylor coming back on time, not just on time, but back to his previous form. And they're a little bit more guarded about Shaquille Leonard. So, uh, keep that in mind as the season gets closer. Um, again, don't forget, hit the like button, uh, leave a comment or a review if you're listening to this on an audio podcast. And until next time, I'm Lawrence Owen. This was Believe in Colts. And as usual, go Colts. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.